0: Your favorite show is back here on thesportstuff.com and also on iTunes. Paladino Live returns for Episode 3. It is February 12, 2008. It is a Tuesday. And, first of all, we do have a voicemail line. Please call in and leave a message for either show or for any show. If you like, leave the name of the show and your name. The number is 916-912-4263. Nine one two four two six three, and we also invite you to join our message boards at the com forward slash boards the com forward slash boards it is a very fun place to be a very fun place to talk sports there's just a lot of great things on this website and i encourage any and all of you to please come here check it out get a screen name you know Enjoy the fun. There are so many things to do, and I'm going to get some more into that later, near the end of the show. Um, now, also, Paladino Live does have a YouTube at www.youtube.com forward slash Paladin Joe, youtube.com forward slash Paladin Joe, where I have video game reviews. Uh, obviously, I talk sports most of the time on there, but I'm beginning to believe it'd be a better idea to move over to video game reviews on the YouTube and as obviously more sports talk here on the podcast here on iTunes and obviously the sports stuff.com also I have an instant messenger ID or screen name on Yahoo it is simply paladino live all one word paladino live same on on AIM AOL instant messenger paladino live one word doesn't matter if it's caps or small probably just leave it lowercase because what's the point of making it all big and nasty looking so um that's pretty much how it is uh also a email email me at paladino live at yahoo.com Paladino live at yahoo.com i haven't gotten any messages yet and uh, i definitely would like to hear some hear from some of you people out there please uh you know, please hit me up. Drop me a line. Let's talk some sports, video game talk, anything. You know, uh, anything but requesting a video game review because I've got enough ideas already. I don't really need any requests unless it's like a really I don't know. I don't think I'm going to take any requests at this point because there's just too many, too many ideas I have already at this point. So uh, now let's dive into the actual show. Now, first of all, we're going to talk about the Minnesota Wild. So the Minnesota Wild debut here on Paladino Live. I'm going to get into the Timberwolves after that, and I'll talk a little bit more about TSS, some stuff I'd like to say about this site that um, a lot of you people out there that don't know much about need to know because this place is worth it. This place is a lot of fun, and the longer I'm here, the more I like it. So that's pretty much how I feel. And when I return in about three seconds, we're going to talk Minnesota Wild. And now we're back here on Paladino Live, and it is time to talk about the Minnesota Wild. That is the club. Now, first of all, for a first-place team, when you look at the Minnesota Wild, now they're in first place. They have 68 points to lead the Northwest Division. They lead Colorado by three points. And uh, this is about as inconsistent a team I've ever seen. You know, for a a first-place team that potentially could have a top top three seed in the uh, Western Conference... I, I don't really know what to expect from them half the time. They're kind of a Jekyll and Hyde. You know, one day they're out beating the Detroit Red Wings. Was it 5-1 to one or 4-1 to one a few weeks ago? And, and the next thing you know, they just, you know, fall apart against some mediocre team or some team that's, you know, decent like the Calgary Flames. You know, they just blow it or get killed, something. I really haven't figured this team out all year. You know, the goalie play has improved greatly. I mean, they had a horrible start to the season and it's at the time what's funny is when the goalie play early in the year was not doing well pretty much the whole first half of the year I mean Backstrom just looked like a shell of himself from last season and uh really he he's gotten much better as has Josh Harding is just becoming a pretty good player but the funny part about this team is Whatever side is doing well, the other side starts doing poorly. I mean, it's kind of reminding me of the Minnesota Vikings a little bit. You know how the Vikings did that over the course of years. Like, the defense is good, the offense sucks. So then the offense gets good and the defense sucks, and then the defense gets good and the offense sucks. You know, can we ever have a friendly medium somewhere in there? Because if you do, you might actually win something once in a while. So, uh, yeah, the um, the offense was Pretty good the first half of the year. I mean nothing great. It's never gonna be a, a offensive juggernaut in a Jacques Lemaire system as uh, my brother's father in law said. His name is David. So um, oh it's just yeah, they are pretty much a they're a very conservative offense, very reserved. They don't really they're not really the aggressor on the offensive end, they just kinda of like to stay back and play that neutral zone trap. But yeah, I It's just when they do well, it's fun to watch, obviously, because they generate turnovers and get breaks and score, hopefully. And, you know, that's a decent way to play hockey. Um, But anyhow, that's not necessarily what I was getting into. It's more of just the inconsistent play back and forth, like a seesaw. Just up and down on one side, up and down on the other. It's just ridiculous. So um, right now the goalie play has gotten much better, as I've been saying. You know, Backstrom is starting to look like last year a little bit. And Josh Harding is been playing very good especially the last game against the St. Louis Blues where I thought he was the number one star of the game without a doubt um but now the offense has gone stagnant again as uh you know um first of all see they dominated Columbus 4 to 1 about a week ago that was a pretty good game and heading to yahoo sports now for anyone that likes to follow along just to look at stuff so just to look at their uh their schedule and such Now, the Wild, as I was saying, are the first-place team in the Northwest Division at a record of 32-20-4 with 68 points, leading the Colorado Avalanche by 3 points. So, all of a sudden, Colorado's emerged. I mean, this division is a complete logjam right now. It's unbelievable. So, that's pretty much how the Wild stand. Now, to get into the schedule here and look at past games... The past games, all right, they defeat the Columbus Blue Jackets 4-1, as I said, and computers just being slow, as always. Um, Gabrick scored twice in this game. I mean, Marion Gabrick is having a very nice year. You know, like as I was saying, the offense kind of can has been sucking this year, but Gabrick has been the only constant, and thank God, you know. Thank God the Wild have a guy like this, and I hope he sticks around for his whole career. I mean, this is a guy, if we lose him, I would just be beside myself. It would be... You know, the Wild, I mean, they'd lose my interest a little bit if they lost Gabrick, you know, because he is so fun to watch. So, yeah, Gabrick, two goals, Demetra, two assists, Fedorik, F- um Fedoric has been very valuable. He's a big enforcer, Todd Fedoric, who replaced uh, Derek Bugard, the boogeyman, who's been out with a back injury most of the season. So, very popular guy, especially with my former coworker Nola out there, if you're listening. Who loved Marion uh, Marion Well, she loves him too, but loved Derek Bugard. Clay, uh, who picking up an assist in the game. Ralston, who is a valuable asset, but not always my favorite player on the team, just because he's he's up and down and and such. He make he makes kind of plays sometimes that bug me, especially on the shootout. <laughs> he's I don't know why they keep putting him out there, but um, but yeah, that was a very good game for the Wild as they uh, pretty much took charge. I mean, look at Nicholas Backstrom. He faced 34 shots and made 33 saves, so that's pretty dang good. With the improving Blue Jackets, they're not a great team just yet, but um, you know they're improving a bit. And then uh, after that, on Tuesday, they lose a game to the Detroit Red Wings, three to two in overtime. So I mean, it could be worse. It was here, so could be worse than losing to the you know losing to the best team in the entire league. In overtime, but still, you know, they were winning the game, and they gave it up really late in the game with only a, looks like only a minute and 20 seconds left in the game. Daniel Cleary puts it in unassisted, and um, yeah, go to overtime, and Pretty much right off the bat in overtime. Looks like the Detroit Red Wings put that one away. I, unfortunately, was at work, but I was watching it, uh, watching the box score from my cell phone. So, yeah, I didn't get to really see that one live. As uh, Well, I am more of a Timberwolves fan most of the time, but I'm still very much a hockey fan. Love the Wild. Uh, Koyu, another assist. See, there's another guy who's been consistent all year when healthy because, obviously, he missed quite a bit of time because of um, Mattias Olin's cheap shot to his leg where he cracked his cracked was leg he was supposed to only be out like a week or two ended up missing about two months so wild are very lucky that they didn't uh, go on a major downtrend after that i mean they did for a little while a small downtrend but yeah it just inconsistent play regardless of who's on this team uh, backstrom though phenomenal again i mean look at how many shots he faced 38 shots 35 saves versus Dominic Hasek who only faced 26 shots and made 24 saves. So Hasek has generally had the Wilds number over the years. He's the kind of goalie who just, you know, you make the greatest move on him and he still stops it. It's like, you got to be kidding. So that's pretty much how it's been. And then uh, the next game is the one that just, uh, you know, look at the score. Dallas one, Minnesota nothing. Come on, man. You know, I don't care if you love defense and you're a purist and all that stuff. Sure, all of us old-fashioned sports fans, you know, I'm not necessarily old-fashioned, but I've been a fan for, you know, approaching 20 years. Well, I started watching sports in 1987 when the Twins won the World Series, so yeah, 21-year sports fan, but uh, Lord have mercy, you know, one to nothing. I can't believe, I can't watch that kind of crap, especially you know, the Dallas Stars are not really the kind of team I look at as a great defensive team anymore. Here's ago, go, yes. Now, I guess, I mean, I don't know. One to nothing and this game was here where they were honoring Mike Modano because he's the all-time leading scorer uh, amongst Americans or, you know, U.S.-born NHLers so he's the highest scoring player that's ever come out of the U.S. in the NHL so obviously congratulations to him and you know, he obviously brought us some nice memories back in the day with the Minnesota North Stars, especially that 91 Stanley Cup final run when he was a young up-and-comer, and uh, yeah, they used to wear that beautiful jersey with the, the the N and then the pointing up to a star, I mean, that was the good old days. But yeah, obviously, not a single soul scored in that game. Backstrom only gave up one goal. So again, Nicholas Backstrom, strong, strong, strong. He was the number two star in that game, and um, Mike Smith, number one, of course, because he's the only guy that scored late. Or actually, it looks like it's early in the uh, third period. My bad. So um, yeah, that's all. There, that's all. That's all she wrote for that game. Very frustrating. The inconsistency just drives me insane. So, um, that's pretty much how that goes. Now, the last game, well, actually before that, the, uh, the Wild defeated the, uh, New York Islanders in overtime. And, you know, a lot of people look at that one as pretty much, uh, the kind of game where it's like, you know, we should have won this game a bit easier than we did. You know, it was a home game and the Islanders aren't that good. So, what's the deal here, guys? You know, so, uh... In that game, you know, we do get four goals. Obviously, the fourth goal was not until overtime. Uh, Curtis Foster finally alive again. You know, he's he's living and breathing. I mean, I don't know what happened to him. He was out forever. So, uh, it just seems, you know, some of these injuries at the Wild, it's just like, you know, you, you barely, you, you almost forget about them, certain players because they're they're out for so dang long, like Derek Bugard. I mean, I, how many games has he played this year? I'll check that out in a second. You know, Martin Skula got an assist, so he's actually been coming into life a teeny bit. Uh, Brian Ralston's 21st goal of the year now. James Shepard, ass- ass- assisting on Brian Ralston's goal, he's starting to come to life. There's a guy I really like a lot. I mean, he's made some, he made some nifty plays in the in the recent game against the St. Louis Blues. I was like, hey, you know, he's getting his getting his stick on on the opponent's puck and just you know, a cool way. He just just strips it right out of them, strips it right away from them, and. Uh, just the way he does it, it's fun to watch. And I think this youngster, who's only, I believe, 19 years old, is on his way to becoming a very solid pro, indeed. And I'm very happy the Wild were able to get him in the draft and that uh, they were willing to promote him to the National Hockey League. But, uh, yeah, they didn't even send him to the uh, – they didn't let him go back to the juniors because they figured it's not worth it. And I guess he's too young to go to Houston. So interesting rules with the NHL. Uh, Koivu gets an assist – it's like uh, Bouchard and an assist and another Brian Ralston goal. So, yeah, Ralston scoring twice against the New York Islanders. But then the cool part, Brent Burns, defenseman Brent Burns, gets the game winner. His 10th goal of the year, Gabrick assisting, Schultz assisting. So, uh, yeah, Brent Burns is a player I really enjoy. He is on my fantasy team. He already has 30 points. He is a young up-and-coming defenseman who has a chance to be very special. He turns 23, only 23, on March 9th. So, yeah, he's, you know, one year after my brother's birthday. You know, obviously my brother considerably older than him. So, seven years older than uh, Brent. But, um, yeah, I mean, the Wild finally, finally have a defenseman who can score. A defenseman who can, you know, set up people. So, yeah, 10 goals, 20 assists on the year. Um, this young man is, is is on his way to becoming one of the better defensemen in the league. And thank God, I, I didn't really see that happening until midway through last year. If this guy is really going to be that kind of player and it, it's starting to look like it. Um, so that's pretty much how things stack up at the New York Islander game. And we're going to get talking to Brent Burns again or af- about Brent Burns again, because, Saint, in the St. Louis Blues game, Brent Burns was the hero. So this game, Marion Gabrick scores early in the first period, only 5 minutes 21 seconds into the game. Nets his 29th goal of the season, assists by Kim Janssen and Todd Fedorik. But that was it in regulation for the Wild. Cause, and then Paul Correa ties it up uh, a little bit after the midway point in the first period, his 14th goal of the year, the aging but talented Paul Correa. Ties it up, but that was it. No more goals in regulation. Off to the shootout. Uh, It was nothing but misses and such. I mean, St. Louis scored on their second attempt in the shootout. But then an unlikely hero, a guy who, you know, puts this, you know, makes just kind of a really dorky move, you know, (laughs) Pavel Dimitra, who just kind of goes off to the side and puts in kind of a little tippy little shot, and uh, he scored. So (laughs) we'll take it. An unlikely hero there, even though Demetra's talented, he's not a shootout type of player for some odd reason. Players then traded misses one after the other, especially some really ugly ones by Bouchard and Koivu, who guys who I expect to get it done at times because they're quick with the stick. They're really talented players, Koivu and Bouchard, but they put up a couple of raunchy shots. Thankfully, though, Josh Harding was an absolute hero, stopping some really good plays or good dekes and such from St. Louis. Including Paul Correa, Perrin, Roshinski, But then Brent Burns puts on this nifty move. He's on his way in from the left, and then just kind of, or from the right, I believe, and then slides over to the left at the last second, just the way he did it with his, his body, and then kind of juked his stick in and put it right past the goalie, and uh, ended up being the winner because uh, Josh Harding made another great save on the final play, and the uh, wild pull it out and stay in first place believe it or not i mean we could have lost this game very easily i don't know how many times this year the minnesota wild have sucked in the shootout but this game finally uh, fortune changed a bit and the wild still in first place despite inconsistent play all year so it would be so nice if this team were to catch fire and break away from this division as there's a log jam between minnesota colorado calgary vancouver Three teams that could all win the division with a couple of, you know, with a three-game winning streak would be in first place pretty much, you know. That's not much to ask as uh, there's really only one super dominant team in the Western Conference. I mean, they all every team is good, but the Detroit Red Wings with 87 points are way ahead of the Wild. They are tw- 19 points ahead of the Wild and 12 points ahead of the Dallas Stars. So that's how things stack up in the Western Conference. Over in the Eastern Conference, the Ottawa Senators continue to be the best team over there as they have been the best team in the Eastern Conference for a long, long time. I wouldn't be surprised if they won the Eastern Conference once again and made a return to the Stanley Cup Finals unless the number two seeded, up-and-coming, high-flying, ultra-talented Pittsburgh Penguins we're only 3 points behind the uh, Ottawa Senators emerge and you know, that'd be a lot of fun and i know the uh, the NHL would love it NHL fans would love it you got you know so many talented players on the Pittsburgh Penguins especially the young Crosby so let's see what happens ultimately uh, it all can change at any minute in the NHL if people change players you know Six seeds advance to the Stanley Cup Finals. Eighth seeds advance. I mean, Edmonton Oilers did that a few years back. They didn't win, but they they went to Game Seven. So you never know in this league. The uh, see if Anna and Anaheim is back. They're the fifth seed. They actually have more points, and they have one more point than the Wild. So watch out for the Anaheim Mighty Ducks. Unfortunately, I they're getting all their stars back because they're. Pretty much manipulating the uh, salary cap at figures. So the old guys come back later in the year, so the salaries sneak into the uh, salary cap. So that's how the Anaheim Ducks are manipulating the market. And it sucks, but hey, I mean, if they can do it, they can do it. And watch out for them. They're probably the biggest threat, really, I still would say, other than the Detroit Red Wings, who are. Incredible. Obviously, they lost early last year in the playoffs for some strange reason. We'll see if that happens again. And uh, now we are going to shift gears and talk a little Minnesota Timberwolves and NBA. And we shall return very quickly. And I have returned very quickly. Of course, as I said, we are shifting gears to the National Basketball Association and uh, primarily the Minnesota Timberwolves. Now, here comes yahoo and uh the timberwolves now remember how they were a team that was on a good run and looking like hey here we go they're starting to grow up a little bit and they're getting getting ready to maybe make a slight move forward you know maybe show a little bit of uh competitive ability of some kind and it looks like we're right back to kind of square one again as the timberwolves lost three in a row um They lost a close one to the Houston Rockets, lost a really close one at the last second to the Boston Celtics, which is so, so frustrating, the way they gave that one up. And then, uh, really, it was the Toronto Raptor game, which they lost by uh, 22 points. At home, by the way, that pretty much showed me, hey, this team is right back where they started, you know, when they were not playing so hot. So that's pretty much the games we're going to cover today with the Wolves, is that is been the three games since uh the last show uh so yeah oh and three and it looks like we're right back where we started first of all take a quick look at the houston game and um al jefferson played great ball absolutely phenomenal he just was that was the game it looked like al jefferson is ready to just take over the league practically 33 points 16 rebounds three steals three blocks dang you know it's like are you kidding me uh five of five from the line again so al jefferson has been making his free throws as well uh tracy mcgrady is 26 points seven turnovers seven assists six rebounds so nice assist to turnover ratio mr mcgrady who has never ever gotten out of the first round at all i mean i used to be a big fan of this guy i no longer like him at all What was great, though, is how cocky he was getting when he was hitting big shots down the stretch because it's like, you know, come on, man. The guy, how many playoff series have you won? (laughs) I mean, obviously the Wolves have only won one as well, so it's like nothing much really to say there uh, other than it's like the guy's getting all cocky like he's Mr. Clutch. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sure he'll be real clutch in the playoffs once again, McGrady, if you make it. So this game was frustrating. It's frustrating indeed as uh, the score, the Houston Rockets, win 92-86. to 86. The Wolves were winning most of the way, or at least it was kind of a back-and-forth type of game. But uh, especially late in the game, the Wolves looked like they might squeak this one out. But yeah, as I was saying, McGrady pulled it out in the end. Uh, Ryan Gomes, another, you know, pretty much an average game out of Ryan Gomes. 12 points, 6 rebounds. Uh, He pretty much did nothing, I believe, in the first half, and then kind of came, kind of, sort of came alive later in the game. Not the best game from Gomes, not the worst game. You know, a couple of three-pointers, though, which is nice. McCants in 27 and a half or so minutes got 15 points off the bench. And, uh, yeah, that's pretty much what I see McCants being for this team, a guy who is a spark off the bench, if anything. Um, In uh, stretches late in the game, uh, Craig Smith was... Mighty, absolutely powerful. Uh, he only got seven points, six rebounds in the game, so his stats don't really show how good he was in this game. Uh, most of his points and rebounds came late. As he was, give me one second, I got a phone here. As once again, my show interrupted with a phone call, but I uh, was able to edit that out of this show anyhow. Um, I was talking about Craig Smith, how he came strong late in the game. Uh, Very valuable down the stretch. So, uh, really, Gomes and Smith and stats don't show it, but they were, you know, they were solid in the game. So, that's pretty much all there is about that game other than the Wolves, just let it go again. Brewer only eight minutes in the game. Corey Brewer only eight minutes. So, more wild, weird uh, rotation by Randy Whitman. He tends to change things a lot. My impression of that is he is... A little bit impatient. So when he was talking about being patient, I began to wonder sometimes about that statement. I was back in the press conference early and before the season started. And here's the game. I was a heartbreaker. The Boston Celtics and Timberwolves Celtics visit Minnesota. Garnett, of course, did not play. And um, the fans gave him a long, long ovation. And Yeah, it's nice what he brought here is he was, you know, he brought us to respectability, competitive, you know, competitive team, took us to several playoff appearances, only one exit from the first round, though, sorry, one, you know, one (laughs) advancement from the first round as uh, really the whole thing, I believe. Unfortunately, I hate to say it to Wolves fans out there that are listening to this broadcast, but Kevin Garnett's stay here was a disappointment. When you consider how talented he is, And, uh, he had players around him that could have, in some cases that could, they could have done more than they did. I believe when you had Chauncey Billups and Zerbiak here, I think they could have done more. Honest to God, you know, Wally Zerbiak, they could have done more than get creamed by the Dallas Mavericks in the first round or something, you know, anything. And, um, I just don't know, you know, I don't really know how to grade it other than it was kind of disappointing. Uh, it's obviously not all of his fault because uh, Kevin McHale made some horrible moves. You know, as Marcus Forecaster, someone who may be on this show at some point. Who he uh, he pretty much I'd call those deals with the devil. Like getting Sprewell and Cassell, that was a great move for one year, but then by year two, it's like the honeymoon was over, and they hated the team. They you know they they loved Garnett and stuff, but they. Treated everybody else on the team, like Zerbiak and such, like crap. And they treated the coach like crap. It was just, and the owner like crap. So it's like, well, okay, that's great. Now now everything's going down the toilet. And, yeah, we haven't been to the playoffs since. So since that 2004 playoff run, we have not returned to the playoffs. And I don't expect us to get back for a while. But, yeah, that's my analysis on Garnett. A, uh, really, a, I wouldn't call it a complete debacle, but it was... A failure, a failure, and we'll see how it works out in Boston so far. It looks absolutely great. As Celtics have a great chance to get an NBA championship, as they are, I believe, what are they, 16-0 and against the Western Conference. That bodes well for the Boston Celtics, should they make it to the finals. That bodes very, very, very well. They are a deadly matchup for all of us over here in the Western Conference. Uh, and the thing is, it's like, it is kind of like, a, you know, Garnett, you know, with two stars again. Except this time, these guys are professionals. You know, Cassell is a guy who gets hurt a lot, and he complains constantly. He doesn't get along with coaches. I I, I don't know what coach he's ever gotten along with. And as much as I love the guy, you know, just because he's so clutch. And he's so, he's, he's funny, you know. Sam Cassell is a funny guy who likes to dance around and such. But... <laughs> you know it just he just he just makes you laugh he's more of an entertainer almost than a player sometimes but the guy yeah the guy is not a good chemistry person at all and latrell spreewell i can't even put into words what a pile of caca he is i mean <laughs> oh my god 14 15 million a year and he thinks that taking a pay cut for well what did he average like 12 points a game or something he taking a pay cut is down to like 7 million a year is so horrible what an ass, you know? he <laughs> just, Latrell Sprewell, I, yeah. So that obviously is not Ray Allen and Paul Pierce, not even close. So this is a perfect mix for Kevin Garnett. You got the clutch ability and the professionalism and the talent. You put that together. And not to mention Rajon Rondo, the point guard of the Boston Celtics, Rajon Rondo. That guy is, I, I've just, I'm falling in love with his game. He is awesome. Uh, he is just a tiny little guy who who can rebound. His passing ability is unbelievable. And he's also got the guts to take some big shots. Despite having three stars on his team, he'll still take big shots. So, he's yeah, he's a fairly confident individual to to do that. Because uh, usually you'd think, oh, God, why why is he putting up these shots when you got these other dudes? And the thing is, he hits them. So, John Rondo is a guy that Kevin McHale was trying feverishly to get in the Kevin Garnett deal, and, uh, you know, I was thinking, yeah, because I was starting to really like him late last season, as I also liked the Celtics and followed them closely, as I've said before. Uh, I was all for it, too, being he's such a phenomenal passer, uh, you know, and uh, has a chance to be pretty good someday. Um, The Wolves obviously wound up with Telfair instead, so (laughs) it would have been nice if we could have got Rondo man Rondo and Foy in the backcourt would have been a lot of fun to switch Foy over to shooting guard is that's probably a slightly more natural position. Uh, but it's pretty much how it goes with that. Uh, Celtics absolutely unwilling to give him up and um, good for them, I guess. But the story of the game in terms of the wolves was not L Jefferson, not Garnett, not any of that for mo- for a while there it was Corey Brewer with that guy I was putting up some serious hustle. Some great defensive plays. I mean, he had three steals in the game. He could have had about six or seven. You know, was a, he was just diving for the ball, barely, you know, could, barely couldn't save him after he tip it out of the, you know, Celtics' hand. And um, Drewer looks like he is on his way in the next year or two to becoming a very, very valuable individual on this team. Uh, Ryan Gomes, another okay game, 13.6 rebounds over two from three-point range, so his first over in a while, I guess, from three-point range, but uh, you know, he's not perfect. It's it's just, but yeah, again, when I was talking about the odd rotations of the Wolves, now why did Brewer only play like six to eight minutes last game, and he starts this game and plays 30 minutes, so um, I say keep Brewer in the starting lineup. Uh, I think they should, because what's the point of uh, you know, what's the point of messing around with it? He has the chance to be Better than anybody else, pretty much, at the small forward spot on this team. I say leave it alone. McCann's only 19 minutes in this game. Eight points, though, so solid off-the-bench guy. That's all I want him to be. I don't want him starting. Foy started out awful in this game. Only 3 of 12 from the field for the game, but uh, those three baskets later on were very solid plays. He, you know, looked like he might be on the verge of getting a little bit better, earning a little more playing time, you know, because he's, he's getting more, you know, he's finally shaking off a teeny bit of that rust. But, uh, obviously, that's still a long way to go, unfortunately. Walker, only 13 and a half minutes. That's fine. I say trade him if you can. I hope they can. But the story of the game was late at the end, you know, and the score was tied, and um, – they pass the ball down to Jefferson. They give it up to Yarich for three. Marco Yarich. Now, I mentioned this on the message boards after the game. Marco Yarich taking the final shot of the game against the Boston Celtics. I just was beside myself. I wanted to throw up. Because, of course, he missed. But then what happened after that was even worse. Not only did we not get the rebound, nobody got back on defense. And the Boston Celtics, I believe, it was Leon Poe. Got a free layup, and guess what? The buzzer was sounding, and the game was over. The, you know, that was I was just staring. I mean, I was talking to Farzine at the time on uh, on AIM, and I got pretty dang quiet for, for a while there, as he would probably remember. I, I was just shocked. It's like, I mean, I know I don't expect this team to win many games this year, but just come on, why are you just throwing a game away like that? That made me sick. It was in this the horrible decision. Marco Yaris. There's so many guys I would have preferred with the ball. I mean, Jefferson, of course, would be my top choice. But even like a Ryan Gomes or something, you know, give him a chance. Obviously, you don't give it to Telfair. He never makes anything. What did he have, like two points in this game? Just, um, He made some great passes, though. Sebastian Telfair made some great passes in the game. He had... Six assists. I mean, it looked like he had ten assists, though, because he made some nifty plays. But yeah, only two points, one of eight from the floor. Yarich yeah, just another mediocre seven point five assist game. I can't wait till he's gone. It'll be a great day indeed for this franchise. Uh, as I just can't watch the guy. He's a loser. He's he's he is so lucky, and I don't know what the uh, what is it a Victoria's Secret model, uh, Adriana Lima or whatever. <laughs> You know, there's a lot of better players out there you could have got with, sweetheart. But um, whatever. So that's how that goes. Now we're going to switch a teeny bit. I mean, still talk NBA. Um, Well, I'll finish up this Raptor game really quick. Toronto Raptors very quickly here. Letting this load. Again, the Wolves losing by 22 points at home to the Toronto Raptors. Looking very much like they did early on in the year when we were just awful. Uh, one bright spot, Telfair, eight assists, but of course he shot two of ten from the floor. Two of ten. So the guy can't finish, he can't shoot. Uh, he, just, he is not an offensive player. The one major thing I did notice on Sebastian Telfair is that when you look at the season splits, when you click on Sebastian Telfair's player file on either Yahoo or NBA.com, or split stats, I guess, on Yahoo. When you notice one major thing. As a starter, he averages 9.3 points, 6.4 assists. Uh, his field goal percentage is 37.5. Now, look at him as a backup. Check it out. His He still averages 9 points a game. You know, Assists go down a little bit because he's not in the game as much. But look at his field goal percentage, 49.2. And his three-point percentage goes up from 20.3 as a starter to 41.7. Now, what does that tell you? See, as a sub, he's averaging 24 minutes, 18 seconds a game. Uh, What does that tell you? That tells you Sebastian Telfair, as a backup, is very valuable. As a starter, the uh, right term for that would be he's out of his element. You know, he, he is a natural backup point guard. At least that's how it appears. As um, I don't, he doesn't seem to be the kind of guy who really likes the pressure of being a starter. Uh, that's pretty much what that tells me. So can't wait till Randy Foy is, uh, you know, gets his timing back and shakes off the rust. Because then having Telver come off the bench and giving him pretty much the same uh, production in points, but better production minutes, you know, like, so yeah, higher field goal percentage and such, (laughs) that's going to be nice. I, I couldn't believe it. I can't believe the difference. It is unbelievable. Uh, Jefferson, 18 points, nine rebounds. Kind of a, kind of a quiet game from Jefferson. Gomes, very quiet. Played almost 30 minutes, made only one shot from the floor. Four points, five rebounds, one steal. And um, yeah, nothing great there. Brewer started but only played about 20 minutes, a little under 20 minutes, 6 points, 5 rebounds. Just a crappy game for the Wolves overall. Uh, Green got to play a little bit, but I'm sure it's garbage time, and that's pretty much what it was. 13 minutes, 8 points, 3 turnovers, that's a blaring stat there, 3 rebounds, so uh, Gerald Green probably on his way out, depending on if it's February 21st, or if it is in the summer. We don't know yet. Uh, Obviously, lots of decisions to be made, including Antoine Walker, Craig Smith, Ryan Gomes, all these guys are free agents. is a free agent. Um, It's really hard to tell what's going to happen to this team. Uh, We have just a lot of strange things that need to get done here. A lot of Different deals, and now we're going to get more into the general NBA talk. Going to switch a little bit over to hoops hype to talk, look at salaries and such. Is there's you know some random trade rumors? There's Jason Kidd, uh, Mark Cuban. I guess I'll go back to Yahoo first. Is talking about how the uh, the trade, proposed trade, involving the Nets and possibly the Portland Trailblazers, that the uh, the numbers don't add up. Now, that's one thing that is frustrating about NBA trades is, yeah, you have to match salaries within, a I believe, a 15% number. So you have to be at least within 15% in, of uh, the total amount of money going from one team to the other and vice versa. Uh, it's held off a lot of trades, obviously, in the past. But I'm thinking of the Dallas Mavericks want Jason Kidd. They could find a way to get it done. That's really just kind of saying, uh, you know, we, we don't want to do it. That's kind of almost like what they're saying. It might be too big of a risk. I don't know. I would, if I was Dallas, I would probably make the move because I don't see them winning an NBA championship right now. I, I just don't. Um, I'm not seeing that story anywhere. But overall, it is more of, of just uh, it's up to them what they're going to do. Now, the last time I talked... On here was there was no, uh, the Shaq trade had not happened yet. There was no, even no talk about it. And I was talking about how I didn't know what team would really want him out there because of his salary and his age. But guess what? The Phoenix Suns did. <laughs> so that I was proven wrong there very quickly within a couple hours. And um, yes, yeah, so Sean Marion and Marcus Banks heading to Miami for Shaq, the Shackinator. And uh, ultimately, my view. On the Phoenix Suns acquiring Shaquille O'Neal is positive. I think the uh, that is a very good move by the Phoenix Suns. And um, obviously, yes, it slows them down a little bit. But, hey, you know, they weren't beating the San Antonio Spurs. They lost to Dallas a few years ago. They might probably have difficulty with the LA Lakers, maybe. You know, because of Paul Gasol and Andrew Bynum, I think they would have had major trouble with them without a powerful man in the middle. And uh, the Phoenix Suns now have that. And they also have kept Amare and Stoudemire. So if you have Shaq and Stoudemire to go along with Steve Nash, you got to believe that those three players are going to make each other better. Obviously. I mean, you got to think Nash is going to make Shaq better. And Amare is going to, you know, take some pressure off Shaq. And Shaq's going to take pressure off Amare. And Shaq and Amari you're going to take pressure off Steve Nash. So that is a nice mix, I believe. And Dang out there, Dave Eng, the host of the Phoenix Suns Run and Gun or Run and Gun Suns show. Congratulations on that move. I like it a lot. I like it a lot. You know, Shaq is going to be rejuvenated because, obviously, in Miami, he was left for dead there, and uh, so is pretty much everyone else. There needed to be some type of change. Uh, ultimately, I see Shaq Getting out there trying to prove people wrong. I mean, it's it's too bad that Shaq seems to be he needs to be motivated on a regular basis. It seems. I mean, he needed Phil Jackson to motivate him in L. A. He needed Pat Riley to motivate him in Miami. So once he got out of L. A. he was more motivated in Miami. Like here we go, baby. Now I'm going to prove everybody wrong. And they got that eventually. They got a championship a year later. And um, now he needs this trade, you know, to get out of. Miami to get motivated in Phoenix it's too bad a guy that's so talented needs to get motivated on a regular basis but but hey you know this is probably his last stop in the league just kind of like the old you know old retired people moving to Phoenix Arizona well there, there there it is Shaq you know I once thought about that with Miami but no, it's it's Phoenix ultimately for Shaq uh it's it's gonna be fun I'm excited about that I, I'm excited to watch this to watch this Phoenix Suns team see how they develop. It's going to be a very fun team to watch, in my opinion. Now, the other fun team to watch, funny enough, as it says, is the Miami Heat. As it sounds, is the Miami Heat. They land Sean Marion and Marcus Banks. You know, Marcus Banks is not going to play that much. He's he's okay. He's at least, he, he gives them depth. Because uh, Jason Williams is probably, you know, Jason Williams has got to be as good as gone, especially at his salary. Just just take the sap, the, the sap take the cap relief. It's a sap. Yeah, that's pretty much what Jason Williams is most of the time with, you know, goofy-ass play at age 31 or whatever he is. He still plays like he's 14. But, um, <laughs> yeah, uh, Miami Heat have a chance to be pretty solid. Now, I, I really liked that, that up-and-down style by the Miami Heat on this Sunday game against the Los Angeles Lakers. Now, this is Sean Marion's first game. You know, he, he didn't know the plays at all yet. I'm assuming, you know, I mean, uh, Pat Riley said that himself, that he didn't, you know, that Marion really wasn't ready to go yet in the mainframe of things. But, but hey, the whole team just seemed rejuvenated. They're up and down the court like crazy, especially in the first half. And uh, it was a flash of things to come, I believe, with the Miami Heat, that they're going to be an up and down team in the Eastern Conference, which is pretty rare. Most of the Eastern Conference teams are that slow it down, grind it out, you know, put up. Be it either just kind of put up three-pointers in a slow way, just kind of the half-court offense, or kind of a grind-it-out style like the Detroit Pistons and Boston Celtics. But yeah, the Heat are going to be like the Phoenix Suns of the uh, Eastern Conferences. A very possibility of that. They're going to obviously get rid of a lot of people. They're going to let Ricky Davis go, Jason Williams go, um... You got to think that's what's going to happen. Alonzo uh, Mourning is as good as gone. I mean, he's well, he's retiring, and it's a shame to see him go be, with a, with an injury like that, rather than just kind of play it out, maybe make a playoff run or something. But that ain't going to happen. Miami is not a playoff team. Uh, I hope that they win more games than the Wolves because, <laughs> and I think they will now now with this move, because they are rejuvenated. Uh, you know, it gives the Wolves a few more ping-pong balls in the draft, and uh, I definitely do not want the Wolves to drop out of a bracket, which uh, then they could drop below the fifth pick. So we, we know how the Timberwolves uh, draft lottery luck has been over the years. It has been too pitiful. Uh, it would pretty much be our luck that we have the number one ping-pong balls and we get the fifth pick. So let's let's hope that Um, let's hope we can, let's hope that that's the worst we can do is the fifth pick rather than like 10th or 14th or something. So that's pretty much how it goes with the Wolves. And now I'm going to talk a little bit about TSS as ultimately this site as, yeah, I'm closing the show now. I really love TSS, the sports I think the site is wonderful. I love the arcade. I love how much fun it is. And, you know, I'm, I'm. It's really awesome being a Don- the Donkey Kong champion, as I won that a few days ago. Yeah, I mean, check out the arcade. There's some really fun video game emulators on here that all of you out there will enjoy. And the boards are a lot of fun. I mean, people will discuss things with you. You know, there's a lot of cool people on this site. You got Farzine, You got Dylan. You got uh, Dang, you know, who's the Phoenix Suns host. You got Rusty and P-Mac from, you know, the Nets and, you know, the the crossover, the Nets and Knicks show, you got you got Cush, Chicago Bulls. You know, these, these guys are cool. They love to talk. You know, they're podcast hosts and all that such, but they're also really cool people to talk to on the message boards. So if you don't have a show and you don't want a show, this is still a great place to come and talk sports. You know, you can talk with any of us. You can talk with us hosts, you know, and uh, we'll talk with you. We'll enjoy having conversations with you on the TSS sports boards, PSS sports, the TSS boards, as uh, it's a worthwhile place to go, in my opinion. And um, there's a big variety, there's a wide range of variety on this website, and that is a big reason why I'm so impressed with the site. Because Paladino Live is all about being never one-dimensional, and guess what? TSS is never one-dimensional, as there are so many. Things to talk about on the site. So many sports teams. I mean, there's a video game show. You got the, the Chiefs. You got the Raiders. You got the, the Knicks and Nets. You got the Suns. You got the Bulls. You got the Redskins. You know, there's so many other teams, and there's a very strong possibility that there is going to be a New York Giants and New York Knicks show on here. Uh, I apologize that the show has been too long, but I wanted to really... Discuss a lot of these things, and I hope you all enjoyed it out there. And I wish all of you a good week, and we'll talk to you again very soon.